choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. One we are unwilling to postpone. And one we intend to win. Here's a ground ball right side. Could do it. The Welcome in, welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here exclusively on the Apollo Podcast Network, a part of Apollo HOU. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian LaLima, joined with the one, the only Apollo Des. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at Apollo Des1, and of course at Apollo HOU. The Astros just concluded their series with the Toronto Blue Jays. And just like I predicted on the last edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast, they took two out of three, a big series win. And Dez, one thing that comes to mind with this series is your son, Yorton Alvarez, is so freaking good. That's how we're starting this. Let's talk right about Yordan Alvarez. I mean, he's, he's an MVP candidate. Like, as simple as that. OPS of a 1.033, slugging 638. Average is a 362, six bombs, nine doubles, 21 RBIs. Uh, he just does it all. And I think um, we saw it today with Alex Bregman finally just coming out on Twitter and tweeting about it. I'm pulling it up right now. But to see the guys speak this highly of this guy, like he doesn't, he's like Tim Duncan. Like he just, he just goes to work every single day. And it just produces at a high Hall of Fame level. And it's no showboating. There's no um, debauchery. There's nothing with Jordan Alvarez. It's just a man enjoying playing baseball. And he goes up there and has a great time. And it just reminds me of Tim Duncan, just a, a Hall of Fame guy that doesn't do anything, just goes out there and gets his work. And Bregman tweeted today, he goes, y'all, Jordan is a complete player. Homers, line-to-line lasers, dirtball reads, elite plate discipline, incredible regular. I mean, the dude just has it all, man. I mean, when Breggs is touting you up like that, it, it's it's special because we know how special a ball player Bregman is. And he he nailed it. The guy hits, hits bombs. We've seen it this year with line-to-line lasers. I mean, there's just – it makes it so effortlessly. And his bat stays in that bat path for so long, he just always gives him a chance um, to to compete and, and have really, really good at-bats. Yeah, and – when you talk about Jordan Alvarez and the comparison to Tim Duncan, I think it's a great comparison because Tim Duncan made a career um, not really being talked about a lot. There was not a lot of flamboyant uh, moments from him. He has the quiet. He had the quiet confidence, which we see out of Jordan. Just goes into work, like you said, Des. <laughs> Tim Duncan was putting up triple doubles left and right. No one really talked about it. Jordan Alvarez currently is hitting 362 a quiet 362 on on Sunday's game the Mother's Day game he he added another three hits he was three for four an OPS over a thousand um he's healthy the knees are good I I think the most impressive part about what I've seen so far from Jordan Alvarez not just this year but in the career that we've seen I think it's like a year and maybe not even a he hasn't played a full year a full season yet so you could say maybe a year and a couple months combined of MLB time. 
Obviously, he's got the power, which a lot of people like to talk about, the bombs that he hits up way up in the right field Minute Maid Park, um, the bombs that he hits to left center field, the oppo tacos that he hits up on the on the train tracks. But for me, it's what we've seen early this season is the no- home run numbers were down, and one of my predictions for May is that he would get to 10 home runs, which he's almost there, um, which he's picked it up over the last two series. But his ability to hit the ball to the other way in the gaps, singles and doubles, and every now and then a triple, that's what impresses me the most is because even if he gets fooled on it, he throws the ass out, the hands are still back, the bat is flat through the zone, and as long as it takes to get through the zone, Jordan Alvarez keeps the barrel through the hitting zone. Excuse me. And that's what make the best hitters that we've ever seen, that's what makes them good. I know a lot of people like to compare Jordan Alvarez to to David Ortiz, and David Ortiz is one of the best postseason hitters of all time. And I think it's a fair comparison early on in, in Jordan's career. But man, he is so impressive here early in the 2021 season with going the opposite way. Good. At the end of the day, the dude's got great at-bats, great plate discipline. It's like you run out of adjectives for describing Jordan Alvarez's uh, plate discipline at bats, power, I mean, you name it, the kid literally has it all. And he still has yet to play a full season. Yeah. <clears throat> and I and I think it's almost like a um a Greek tragedy or a Greek mythology story. Like we haven't seen a full year of Jordan Alvarez and, and I think this year hopefully we, we do finally get that because that this team is capable of winning a World Series if he's doing what he's doing like this. And so it's it's so weird to like look back over the COVID year and 19 and, and you know, Jordan coming up and like all that in between. And we still haven't seen him play a full year just stats wise. And so to see what he's doing so early on in his career, it, it's truly special. And one of our guys at Apollo, Ben, he uh, he had mentioned that he's just a lefty Pujols. And then I was like, wow, that's actually really, really sharp. And then today. AT&T Sports must have saw our interaction because they brought up um, the the pitcher of Pujols and um, and Jordan through like the first uh, I believe a hundred whatever games and I'm gonna pull it up right now because it's it's very very similar and it's whenever you're doing that whenever you're being compared to Albert Pujols like not even prime just early Albert Pujols it's crazy here's the the stats through the first 115 games. Throughout their uh throughout their careers, uh, Jordan Alvarez is batting three twenty with an OPS of one point zero five one, uh, thirty four home runs and one hundred and three RBIs. Now Albert Pujols through one hundred and fifteen career games, his average was three thirty with an OPS of one point oh one nine. So, uh, average better for Pujols, OPS better for Jordan. Twenty eight home runs for Albert Pujols, so Jordan has six more home runs than him. And then only 84 RBIs compared to 103 RBIs for Jordan Alvarez. So uh, that's pretty good company to be in right there. Yeah, you want you want to know what's wild about that comparison? What is that? Albert Pujols is unemployed. It it, it blows my mind that Albert Pujols... Look, I said it. I was on the radio this weekend, and I was talking to my guy, Clint, and I was like, hey, love him or hate him, like... The guy, he's been a demon, a thorn in the sides for the Astros for two decades now. But as an unbiased, 
national baseball media member that I am. I go, I can appreciate what he's done over his career because it's a first ballot Hall of Famer. It should be almost unanimous. And to see what he did and has done has been crazy. And to see the Angels fuck him over like that, um, it just feels dirty. It just man, feels absolutely dirty. Man, two subtle flexes from Apollo Dez in segment one. We're coming out hot, baby. Unbelievable. On an early week edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian LaLima, Apollo Dez here, talking about the Astros defeating the Blue Jays two games out of three. We've talked Jordan Alvarez, the comparisons to David Ortiz, comparisons to our Pujols. Apparently, Apollo Dez is just all over the, the AM radio stations, national media member now. I mean, I feel privileged to to help lead and help um help put produce some good content you know i'm just man i'm honored i really am but look, look you either have it look, or you don't look you either look, have it or you don't when you're the bad boys of podcasting That's, you got it you got to bust my ball so it's damn skippy right. damn right i do and and also another note we need to get our guy ben on one of the uh, beyond the diamond podcast because the dude is uh, sharp. yeah the dude, dude is sharp. one of the sharpest human beings i've ever met so let's let's uh let's talk let's talk a little more about the the series against the Angels. Obviously, we're, we are recording this on Sunday night. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out th- out there. I know this this will uh drop on on the line on the line on the line on the line uh, on Monday. So happy Mother's Day to everyone everyone that's a mother out there. Ryan Presley looked good. Ryan Stanek looked good. The bullpen looked good. The bullpen looked the good. The bullpen looked good. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy when you don't try out Joe Smith and Brooks Raley and you give yourself you know, a fighting chance. Okay, it just let's blows my um, mind. Let's let's um <laughs> look. I'm a big We're dusty, dusty guys. guys. We're look, dusty we're guys. Dusty guys. Okay? We're dusty guys. We are. The, the the manager of the Houston Astros gave us a thumbs up, a fist bump, a a, a, a head nod, whatever you want to call it, while we we're in Denver, Colorado. We're big dusty guys here. Big but, dusty guys. But man, I don't understand some of the moves that he makes, especially when it comes to tossing out uh, uh, Brooks Raley and Joe Smith. Those dudes have thrown so many innings this year. So many yeah. innings. Give them a break. Say, hey, boys, look, I know y'all have had some tough outings this year. Take a couple days off. We're not going to use you. You're not available. Get the mind right. And then come back and, and prove yourself a little bit long, a little bit more. But we've seen the opposite. Rayleigh. I feel bad for Rayleigh. The dude Honestly, has, it's been bad luck for him. It, it, right? Okay, that's what I was just going to say. I feel bad for him because he's got good stuff, and he just, for some reason, can't get it done because he keeps running into so many bad luck situations. It sucks. And that's what's the worst about baseball. Sometimes baseball kicks you in the ass. And just hands you a shit luck scenario. And I feel like Brooks Raley has gone through a lot of those. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I mean, the the thing that stands out the most for me is just, all right, Brooks Raley is a guy and he's been a punching bag and I've been guilty of calling him a bum or he said, I said, I think, I said, I think he said he sucks, but he's not bad. Like he honestly isn't. And he's useful in this bullpen and a weapon in this bullpen. but the way he's being used it just doesn't formulate to a winning like form it, it doesn't, just doesn't work it you doesn't formulate you, success it doesn't yeah I, and you can use it like like here and there and he he'll he's great like like i said like he has soft contact all that stuff 
But when you trot him out every other game, it's it's bananas. It's absolutely he's appeared in 16 games. 16 games. Yeah, that's they've played the Astros are 18 and 16 right now. They've played okay. 34 games and he's appeared in 16 of those. Joe Smith 14. Yeah, exactly. Those guys are look. I I don't know if overused is the term I don't you I don't know if that term overused is used a lot when it comes to bullpen arms because bullpen arms are expendable but my goodness I feel like Joe Smith and Brooks Raley just need a little bit of a break just I feel like they are overused at this point yeah and especially you know whenever you struggle in in baseball regardless of what position you play at some point you're going to start to press and I feel yes. like Brooks Raley and Joe Smith are both both out there pressing, especially Joe Smith, because Joe Smith knows a couple more bad outings and he's going to get DFA'd. And he's in the back half, latter part of his career, and he knows that he has to perform or he's going to get cut. And that doesn't produce that doesn't produce quality outings. And the other thing is they're not coming in in, you know, a clean inning. It's the shit. They're yeah. they've been coming in high leverage spots. And it just hasn't translated into success. And it, it sucks because when those two guys are on or in form, they're filthy. And I, yeah, I've been giving them shit on the timeline, but it's just no one, Desi or Strami or the front office, they're not setting these guys up for su- success and, and they're not producing, they're not in form. And it, it, it sucks because on Saturday, it really felt like we let that game go away. We never led, but it just felt like a game that we just kind of pissed away and pissed away an opportunity. Um. Yeah. On that he, Saturday, day two game. Yeah, game game two. Uh, Christian Javier got the loss. I, look, when we predicted this series, the one thing that you and I both said is that we have full confidence in Christian Javier. And for the first time this season, we saw Christian Javier actually be human. He got roughed up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Five spot. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. Five and a third. Four hits. Five earned runs. Two bombs. Four walks. 8Ks. The things that pop out to me, actually, the one thing that pops out to me is four walks. You will never win ball games walking that many guys unless your offense is putting up eight to nine runs, which um, obviously the Astros lost. What was that final score? Uh, 10 to four. No, I'm sorry. Eight to four. Eight to four. They, uh, the Astros won 10 to four on Friday night uh, where Urquidy looked really damn good. But Christian Javier looked human. I mean, it is what it is, man. Look, we know these guys, as far as on the, the pitching rotation, they're not going to come out and absolutely deal every single game. I know we got spoiled by having Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole do that every time they trotted themselves out there. But these guys aren't up to that level yet. Some of them have the stuff to get to that point, Christian Javier being one of them. But we saw Christian Javier get roughed up a little bit. I don't. Uh, nothing's wrong with him. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen in baseball. You're going to get touched up a little bit, and that's what we saw. But that being said, the Astros still had a chance. They still had a couple of big uh, momentum innings that they could have produced some more runs and made it a ball game, but it just didn't happen. Yeah, I agree. It's just, I don't know, man. I I think you nailed it. It's, It's one thing or the other, and with this, with this team in the series, and, and don't get me wrong, like winning the series against the Blue Jays, and we talked about it. Obviously, you predicted it right, and I said we're, we were going to go for the sweep. Um, this young Blue Jays team 
left me thinking. I, I know it's a it's a lazy comparison for the 15 team just because George Springer's there now, but their their pitching is is a tad behind that 15 team. But they're just fun to watch. Like they I had fun, fun watch. watching baseball this weekend, and it was it was great just to sit back. And I don't know if it was because coming back from the the stress of the Yankee series and all that was made out to be, but like this Blue Jays team is better than that Yankees team one offensively because all the Yankees really have right now is Mike Stanton who's on fire, but up and down this lineup they can produce runs and it was just really fun to watch this Blue Jay team operate. And that's without George Springer. Yeah, that's, I think, you know, you said it was a lazy take uh, talking about comparing it to that 15 team, but the 15 team for the Astros had young, talented, hungry guys, just like this Blue Jays team does. And you've got a, a little bit of, you know, some veterans, obviously in Simeon right there at the top of that lineup. But Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, Teoscar Hernandez, former Astro Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, you've got Randall Grichuk, uh, a local product. Kevin Biggio, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. What about Lord, Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s hose piece from Bro. left field to throw out Miles Straw at home? Bro. What a, one of the most... off, the, off the back foot? I mean, my that, God. That was one of the most impressive throws I've seen. And... It's very easy to shit on Miles um, Straw, but that was a hell of a jump by him. That was a the best throw we'll see this season because it was a seed off his back foot, caught it, and just, just threw it. Bang, bang, play at the play. It was outrageous. Absolutely outrageous to see. One of, the, one of the best throws I've ever seen. Just because of the simple fact he threw it off his back foot. Didn't get behind the fly ball, didn't come through it, didn't crow hop, nothing. Off the back foot, hosed it right on target, bang, bang, you're done, Miles Straw, have a seat. You gotta get. You just got to tip your hat to Gurriel Jr. I mean, my God. Sorry, Miles Straw, I know you're one of the fastest guys, but at that point, dude, you just look to your outfit, you look to the outfield and say, holy shit, how did that just happen? It had to be an absolute perfect throw, and that's 100% what it was. Yeah, but, and the, the guy flat out hits like his brother. I mean, uh, we're going to see Guriel, this Guriel, for the next 15 years. Like, I can't wait for his contract to be up and the Astros go get him. Like, I, I really hope they go get him when he's a free agent because and, guys is going to be a stud, absolute stud. And speak, speaking of Yuli Guriel, the Astros Guriel, La Pena has been raking this year. Coming in at 333 uh, after today's game, I think he went – hitless yeah he went hitless um but man and i tweeted it yesterday i heard it on one of the radio stations i heard it on one of the midday shows uh on saturday that that you know one of the hosts said he thought yuri yuli guriel being extended at the time to that one-year contract was a dumb move excuse me by the astros because guriel was quote washed up at the time he thought that our guy George over Astros UK even tweeted me on my tweet and said, hey, I, I thought the same thing. But, you know, I was, I'm glad I'm wrong. I never thought, and this is what I tweeted. I said, it blows my mind that people actually thought that Yuli Gurriel was washed up after he struggled in a short 60-game season. At no point was I ever worried about Yuli Gurriel. Did it suck watching him struggle last year? 
and putting together 100%. really at bats, especially in October. Yes, it sucked and it was frustrating because we know what type of hitter Yuli Gurriel is. And to see him return to form this year so far has been a thing of beauty because, Des, you talked about it. You brought it up to me on Beyond the Diamond podcast that if he spent his entire career here, he would 100% be a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, we have a, a little bro Taylor's doing a piece on the Guriel family and especially, obviously, highlighting Yuli. And if you haven't heard his story, I mean, do do some research but I'll, and wait for Taylor's piece a bit. But people forget that Yuli's dad was a superstar in Cuba as well. Like, he was the guy in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and he was Fidel Castro's guy. Like, he, if you look at all his, his dad's stats from the Pan American Games to the World Baseball Classic um, to the Olympics, his dad was a constant, against the best players in the world, was batting four or 500 when, they, when, he, when he could play these guys. But he couldn't defect due to, you know, everything that was going on in Cuba and Fidel Castro liking the Guriel family and making sure they would never be able to defect. So, um, now we get to the Suns and we have Yuli, who's a superstar and a Cuban national. Like if you if you if you don't know all these Cuban players that have defected to the United States, it's it's a, a pretty much a war journey to get here. Like you have to go through so many things, and a lot of people don't go get here in the United States. But these guys um, that do get here, they look up to Yuli. And the next time you're at a game, watch the young Cuban players come greet themselves to Yuli Guerrero because. He was their Barry Bonds. He was their Pete Rose. He was their guy when they were growing up. And I 100% believe in my soul that if he got here in his prime, he would have been an Astro, unfortunately, because we were, we were busy losing 100 games. But he would have been a no-doubt Hall of Famer and at least a perennial All-Star, like multi-time All-Star, because the guy, the guy has it all. We're seeing it now at 36 years old. He's back. I know the 60 game PTSD and, and you touched on it with the people complaining about him being washed up and you can't use that as a sample size, just like you can't count the Dodgers to be the World Series champions because it's a 60 game sprint. I mean, we're almost three quarters of the way there already. And, you know, we're barely in May. So it's just I'm happy to see his success because he is one of the best ever to it. Yeah. And when you look down the stat line of Yuli Gurriel, he came up to the big leagues with the Astros at the age of 32. He played in 36 games in 2016. He's played with the Astros for a total of six years. He is now, he just turned 37. So he's been in the league for six years. He's a career, and when I say career, Major League Baseball career average of 290 with a career OPS of 802. His OPS in those six years has never been lower than 658. Each year, he's hit, let's see, uh, 260, the lowest. Obviously, the lowest he hit, the two, here's, yeah, okay, here's, here's where it is. L- look at this right here. Just talking batting average, just your most simple stat. In the game, in the year that he played in 36 games with 137 plate appearances in 2016, he had a batting average of 262. In 2020, 57 games, 230 plate appearances, he, he hit a whopping 232. Those two seasons, 
have such small sample sizes that you see a lower average. Now, when you see him, and he probably mentally knows that he has a full season because every other year where he's played in over 100 games, he's hit no lower than 299. The dude doesn't hit below, I'm sorry, 290. 291 was his lowest average in a year where he played over 100 games. And you want to tell me you thought he was going to be washed up? You don't know shit. You don't know the game of baseball. I'm sorry if you were going to try to sit there and tell people that Yuli Gurriel was going to be washed up after what we saw last season in 60 games. Actually, in that season, he only played in 57. So he had three less games. Potato, potato. You're going to try to tell me Yuli Gurriel is washed up? I'm sorry. Miss me with that bullshit. Miss me with it. And we're seeing it so far this season. Yuli Gurriel has returned to form. And it's beautiful. It's a thing. La Pina power, baby. I'm all over it. MVP Pina. You can get the shirt at ApolloHOU.com. Check it out, Apollo HOU. Follow us. Look at on, you, Brian, all fired up, all bricked Apollo up on a H- Sunday dude, night. Getting, look, it's bricked look, up. Dude, you're I had bricked some, up. Hey, I had some half-assed Italian food for dinner. My mom wanted it. I got a belly full of it. I watched the Astro. I didn't even actually, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I didn't watch the game today, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, I checked out highlights. I am bricked up on a Sunday. Dude, you're bricked up on a Sunday night, dude. Yeah, let's go. Man, it's just, I, I just like the fact that we're seeing the two guys that I wanted to do well this year in the lineup is definitely Jordan Alvarez and even more than anybody, Yuli Gurriel, because I'm tired of hearing about Yuli Gurriel being washed up. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's low baseball IQ, and it's a lazy take to say that Yuli Gurriel was going to be washed up after 60 games. 60 freaking games. I mean, I agree. Uh-huh. I, 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 look, the thing that, the thing that, really stood out for me and I'll play devil's advocate here. I don't, I never thought he was washed up. I had a problem with how lazy he was on defense in the playoffs. Very fair. Very fair. And I didn't, I, it was maybe a thing where I was like, okay, maybe age is catching up to him. He's moving gingerly. He's moving slow. He looks lethargic out there. And that was frustrating to me as a, as a, fan of the game I, I thought it was lazy and I was equating it to age and I was like maybe that's just what we have with Yuli right now and obviously <coughs> excuse me obviously I was very wrong because he looks like a brand new guy he's in great shape and he's I've never seen someone get their hands inside to inside pitches like that and still barrel balls up like Yuli Gurriel does it's it is absolutely bananas it's a thing of beauty it is a thing of beauty with Yuli Gurriel. So last last thing, Des, here in the first segment of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network, we'll just touch on uh, the starting rotation against the Blue Jays. Jose Arquiti dominated. Dominated. Looked very, very good. Zach Grinke, not so good. Good for yeah. about four innings. Struggled. I'm sorry. Uh, well, we already kind of touched on Christian Javier a little bit. We touched on Javier. Yeah, Christian Javier got roughed up a little bit. It's fine. It's going to happen. Uh, Zach Rinke barely got through four innings. Um, I don't know. I, I, I touched on it a little bit on the last episode that we recorded. Uh, I, I said it then. I'm a, I was a little bit suspicious of Zach Grinky. And then today he was kind of cruising for three innings. And then he, it's like he hits a wall. And you get to the fourth inning, and it's like, man, 
you know, and our guy Ben also made a good point because I asked in our Apollo group chat. I said, has anybody, anybody got any concerns for Zach Grinke? Because I kind of do a little bit. And uh, Ben said he, he's lost. It looks like he's lost confidence in his slider, so he's not using it as well. And when you don't throw 90 anymore, you know, you got to have that slider. And I, and I commented back on it. I said, if you can't throw a hard, a, a, a high velo fastball, you have to have that complimentary pitch to go with your slower velocity fastball as your go-to pitch. And if Zach Grinke doesn't have that right now, then what do we get with Zach Grinke? I get Look, the veteranship, and I, maybe I'm overreacting. It's, it, I think it, you are. A it's, tad. Okay, that's fine. I think you are a tad, but no, it's, it's, it's a warranted conversation to have. The thing that stands out with me is this. He carried us the first month. He's not, his yep. last three starts, I don't think he's got past the fourth inning. Uh, or you threw exactly four innings. The thing that stands out and comes to my mind right now, our offense is clicking. Just give you give us a chance to win a ball game because right now you don't have to go out and throw a complete game shutout to win a game because the offense is only scratching one or two runs. Right now the offense is clicking and it's sustainable to win series right now with just giving yourself a chance. And I think we've seen that over the last month with the winning four of the last five series is that this offense is, is starting to click a bit. I mean, we scored 11, we scored 21 runs this weekend, averaging seven runs a game. You should win two out of three games. Absolutely. Um, so I think, and we saw it today. Yes. Grinky only threw four. Then we saw the bullpen look dominant and we, we had, uh, I believe it was a Brayu to yep. Emmanuel to, Scrub to um, Presley. No, excuse me. Abreu, Emmanuel, Stanick, yeah, Scrub, Stanek. Presley. Yeah. Uh, and they, I, they didn't give up. They gave up two hits, no runs. I think they had like seven or eight strikeouts in five innings from the pin, and that's all. That all it needs. That's all you need. And yes, it's it's shaky when your ace is not striking out 15 guys and going seven, eight innings are completely a hundred percent understandable on that. But for the first month and a half, he was carrying us. Now he's kind of maybe hitting a little low, a little dead arm. You know, we're, 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 we're spinning guys up uh, from play to play 162 and not a 60 game sprint. Maybe a little dead arm we got going right now, but Hey, it happens. This offense is clicking enough to give you a chance and you just got to give, the team a chance to win a ball game and that's just to get out and get that offense back on the field right now. Yeah. And then let's, let's hit on Jose Arquiti before we end segment one of beyond the diamond podcast, Jose Arquiti against the blue Jays, seven innings, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, two K's very efficient outing. Got it done. And he looked good. He's looked Pretty damn good this season. So you love seeing Urquidy get through a solid seven, walked only one, gave up two bombs. That, that was the, the two earned runs. Uh, but he only walked one. So to see an efficient outing from Jose Urquidy is a very positive sign for this rotation. Yeah, I, and I think the thing with Jose Urquidy, the, the cool thing about it is he makes it look so effortless. Like I've never seen the guy break a sweat. When he's on the mound, he's just, all right, here's my fastball. Here's my slider. Here's my chance. He's almost like Eeyore. Like 
He's that's, just like, oh, come on, guys. Like, yeah, that's a fair All right. I'll that's throw, a good I'll, like, it's just what I think with, with Jose Urquidy, and he's a dominant, dominant player. And when he's on, he's on, and that changeup's filthy. And I'm just glad they're starting to fill up the zone with those changeups because even Blummer was like, dude, why, why are they not calling the changeup? It's his best pitch. Why, why are they not doing it? And he finally turned it on in the late innings, and uh, we saw good things happen. So, um, yeah, I, I the guy's a superstar, superstar in the making. Yeah, and, and another guy that uh, we didn't really touch on real quick is uh, Scrub. He's looked pretty damn good since getting uh, getting activated off of the IL. Yeah, and that's look. There's reinforcements coming, guys. Scrub rounding in a form. We got Paredes coming back. Hopefully, um, what's his name, Mister Taylor as well, and then um, Pedro Baez eventually down the road. So we got we got arms coming back. And that should breed competition in the pen, and also shore up some shore up some loose ends for sure. So uh, it, it feels good to see Scrub run back into form because today he looked pretty damn dominant after pitching yesterday too, back to back days. That's great to see. Yeah, another great thing to see is that wagon that he's got on the mound and Bro, the, glo- the glove slaps. There it. was there was a time it was Scrub and Vladdy Jr. walking by each other. I was like. There's so much badonkadonk happening right now on the screen that the world may end. There's just what, a lot of wagging going on. It's like, Scrub, what are you doing out here with all that ass? Yeah. Double-cheeked up on a Saturday afternoon. All that ass. <laughs> all that ass. It's great to see the wagon back. The glove slap. Scrub has been throwing some solid innings so far since being reactivated from the injured list. And just like Apollo Dez said, look, the Astros, they've got, they've got some reinforcements coming Paredes should be right around the corner um Blake Taylor hopefully somewhere down the road so there's some guys there's some arms that are coming back up that's that's uh that's gonna help help the bullpen even more because there's some guys on in the bullpen that could really use a break and we know we are we've already talked to talked about those here on segment one but that that's gonna do it for segment one right around the break we've got first of all a ticket giveaway? A little ticket giveaway. Is that what we're talking about uh, here? Let's do a little ticket giveaway. We want to do look, we're gonna give away some tickets to the Astros and Rangers series. That's that's uh that's Friday's, what we do. That's what we do at Apollo HOU. Bam. That's coming after this break. Astros host the Rangers Friday, May 14th. We'll give away two tickets to that game. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Also, we'll look Look ahead to the Astros taking on the Angels. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani come to Minute Maid Park. The Angels no longer have Albert Pujols. The craziest thing that we've seen so far this year is Albert Pujols was DFA'd. He was cut. So segment two, right around the corner. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back here on the Beyond the Diamond podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the final segment, segment two of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network, a part of Apollo HOU. Brian LaLima, Apollo Dez here with you, as always, on the podcast. 
Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at ApolloDez1, and of course, at ApolloHOU. Look us up on YouTube, at ApolloHOU. Also, follow us and subscribe to us on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash ApolloHOU. We stream at least once a day, if not three to four times a week. We've got gamers, we've got sports shows, we've got... Um, the Lalima Lounge. got the Lalima Lounge. That's what I was talking about, sports shows. I didn't want to tout my own Dude, stuff come on, there, on bro. Know? Dude, uh, I understand you're a big-time journalist uh, now. Go. You can tout your show. Dude, your show had more more views than Skip Bayless. You could talk about your show, yeah, dude. Yeah, right. I wish I was getting paid 3 or $4 million to talk out of my ass like Skip Bayless. Sign me up. <laughs> my goodness. But uh, we've even got some uh, movie critics, uh, a part of Apollo HOU, that stream on our Twitch channel. So like, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe over there on Twitch. And let's just get right into it, Des. For segment two, we're going to start off with a bang. We're going to give away a little, uh, little uh, package of tickets let's to do the it. Astros-Rangers game on Friday, May 14th. So if you want to enter the raffle to win two tickets to the Astros-Rangers Rangers game, email code word your Don. Your Don. Code word. Code, war, code word your Don and send it to this email capital B, capital T, capital D at ApolloHOU.com. So capital BTD at ApolloHOU.com. Code word your Don to enter, to enter into the raffle to and get, leave a five star review. That as well. And to get two tickets to the Houston Astros hosting the Arlington Rangers Friday, May 14th, 2021. Look, it's code word literally code. All you have to do is leave a five-star review and then email BTD at Apollo HOU with code word Yordan and you're eligible to go to the game for free on our dollar, on my dollar money out of my account. You're robbing me. Just all you have to do is put it, put in a code word Yordan and give us a five-star review, and you're going to the game. On us. Compliments of the chef. It's what we do at Apollo HOU. Again, that email, btd at apollohou.com. Code word, you're Don. Two tickets, Astros Rangers, this coming Friday, May 14th. Send that email. It'll take you three seconds. Also, leave a five-star review. Thank you very much. So we're going to get into the Astros hosting the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You've got Luis Garcia, Lance McCullers, and Jose Arquiti set in the rotation. The Angels don't have a starting pitcher listed for Monday's game, but then you've got Showtime, Shohei Otani on the bump against LMJ. I see. I love that matchup. And then you've got, is it Andrew? Yep, Andrew Haney. I probably yep. butchered that. Nope. Andrew Haney you for the Angels. It. Haney taking on Jose Urquidy. So, man, let's just dive right into it, Des. Luis Garcia has thrown some good innings so far. Yeah. Lance McCullers has thrown really good outings. And obviously, we talked about Jose Urquidy. So, the pitching rotation matches up pretty well with the Angels. Yeah, I mean, look, Luis Garcia is still looking for his first career major league win. And it sucks because he's pitched damn good up to every single point. Like, uh, it's it blows my mind he hasn't got that win yet. Also blows my mind that he's still that young and logging innings because it feels like he's been here for years. But 
Um, looking forward to see him build off that Yankees matchup where he was on the road in a hostile environment. It was wet, it was rainy, and he pitched a really good game uh, other than, you know, pitching the Stanton. Uh, so I would like to see him attack attack this lineup. Uh, you know what you have with, with Trout. You know what you have with um, <clears throat> Shohei, who's they're just hitting tanks every other day, it seems like. And so just to fill up the zone, if they beat you, they get you for one, they get you for one. Make sure it's a solo home run. And just let this offense do what they've been doing, and that's generating runs. Yeah, and I mean, there's nobody hitting hotter on the planet than Giancarlo Stanton. So pitching to Mike Trout really won't be any different because Mike Trout is hitting, I think he's up around like 388 right now. He's had a couple of games over the last, I think two out of the last three games that Mike Trout has played. I looked up the stats before we came on air. He's had a, he's had two over over threes over twos with a couple walks. So his average has dipped a little bit, but he's still Mike Trout, the best hitter in in MLB. So throwing to him compared to throwing to Giancarlo Stan the way that Giancarlo's hitting right now is no different. And Luis Garcia's last outing, four and two thirds, two hits, three earned runs, one home run, two walks, eight Ks. He struck out eight in yeah. four and a two third. That's not bad. So Luis yeah. Garcia looking to get his first win. It's crazy. Luis Garcia was with Fayetteville last year and came up and pitched in high leverage situations, pitched in October, and now he's on the big league club straight from A-ball, and he's throwing quality innings. So I would love to see Luis Garcia with the jerry curl throw some good innings against the uh, the Angels, get through at least five, and get him a, get him a dub. Can we get the man a dub? Yeah. I, I, think, I, think, I think we get his first dub tomorrow. Um, Hey, and don't get me wrong, this this Angel team who is on a skid, uh, they lo- had lost five in a row, then beat the Dodgers nine to two, then lost fourteen to eleven, and then won two to one. So they they just beat the Dodgers. They just took a series from them, and um, you got to think they feel confident coming into Houston after after beating those those Dodgers. Yeah, and then the the big game that's circled on this schedule is Lance McCullers Jr. taking on Shohei Otani. That's Tuesday night. McCullers pitched well against the Yankees. Uh, he's extending innings. The strikeouts have always been there this season. The walks are a little bit elevated, but I expect another quality outing from Lance McCullers. Love to see him matching up with Shohei Otani because Shohei Otani is pretty damn good. So that's that's going to be a good matchup to watch. And then obviously, Jose Urquidy, we saw him pitch extremely well. Uh, against the Blue Jays on Friday night. And let's just see if, if he can continue to extend his innings and get you know past the sixth, into the seventh, maybe even to the eighth. Who knows? So I think, again, I think the pitching rotation matches up pretty damn well with the Angels this go-around. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I, look, Lance McCullers, they didn't, we didn't talk about this enough. No one really did. He went toe-to-toe with Garrett Cole. He left the game and he was losing three to one. And <clears throat> that's all you can ask for, right? Because you're playing against one of the best, you're pitching against one of the best pitchers in the league. And to give your team a chance. And that's why I just said right now with this offense, the way it's clicking, just give your team a chance to win. And that's what Lance did. And I think you, if you ask him, he takes that start um, nine times out of 10. The other time he doesn't take his because he's a bulldog on the mound. He wants, probably wants to throw a perfect game. But, um, to see that from him, I just want to see him build off that. Going against Shohei Otani, you know everyone's going to be talking about that matchup. 
uh, that all day Tuesday. You know, they're talking about it on ESPN. They'll talk about MLB Network. So once again, another big start for him at home. Uh, looking to see him take that next step in becoming a truly elite front end guy. Yeah, and speaking of taking the next step offensively, Kyle Tucker had himself a nice day at the plate on Sunday against the Blue Jays. He went two for three, three runs, four RBIs. He hit an absolute bomb into the upper deck with the pink bat. So I would like to see Kyle Tucker work himself into a little bit of a rhythm at the plate and put some good quality at-bats together. He's ran into so much tough luck over the last six, seven, eight games. He finally broke through on Mother's Day. So I would like to see the continued progress of Kyle Tucker at the plate. Alex Bregman is another one that has kind of struggled of late. Against the Blue Jays on Sunday, he was 0 for 5. I mean, he's still hitting above 300, but um, you you would like to see Bregman get, get back to doing what Bregman does. So those are the two guys that I look forward to seeing playing against the Angels is Kyle Tucker and uh, Alex Bregman. Yeah, I agree. I think it, once you get those guys going, um, this team is just really could can take over the West. And yes, the Angels are playing really good. Excuse me, the A's are playing really good baseball right now. Um, but it's it's hard to sustain what they're doing. Um, we're just kind of I would say we're playing our C plus B ball right now, and we're chasing two games. So. Uh, once this team kind of gets rolling again, and I think we were we were starting to roll before that COVID shutdown, when we had the COVID five go down, and so I think um, these next two weeks we're going to see the Astros start putting it together. Yeah, I I I agree, and I I look back. This is the moment that for some reason stuck out to me. I mentioned it a little bit on the last episode of Beyond the Diamond podcast. The the thing that came to mind was when Dusty Baker made Carlos Correa the leadoff guy for those couple games. I felt like that's what put the Astros uh, into a good position to get the lineup clicking until Jose Altuve got back. And then Altuve got back from COVID. He had a, a tough stretch. But when you have Jose Altuve at the front of your lineup, it seems like everything else kind of falls in place. You've got your one-two in Altuve and Brantley. And then you can change things up after that with Bregman, Alvarez, Gurriel, Kyle Tucker. Carlos Correa obviously had a day off on Sunday, specifically due to rest, no issues, nothing like that. Dusty Baker said that in his media availability on Sunday morning. Um, but that's the moment I feel like really got the Astros back on track. I think that's a veteran move by Dusty Baker. It took him a little bit, which is, which is fine. It's still early. But putting Carlos Correa at the top to get until you got Jose Altuve back, because then once you get Altuve back, that's when everything else kind of falls into place, and it's, it goes right into what you just said. Over the next couple couple weeks, you really want to see the chemistry of this lineup continue to gel and to just take off. And we've seen it. We've seen really good at bats from a lot of guys in the lineup. Besides, besides Miles Straw. And Martin Maldonado. Maldonado had a couple of home runs over the last couple days. Hey, and Maldi may have got some sense knocked into him because yeah. from that injury with Odor, he's looked more comfortable at the plate. Right, and, and that's the thing. It, I'm not talking because Kyle Tucker has had good at-bats. He's had bad at-bats early, but then when you ran into where he's <laughs> just scorching balls all over the place and they're getting caught, 
you know, the, the bats have gotten consistently better. And then the two question marks that we've always talked about this season were Miles Straw and Martin Maldonado. Maldonado's put a little bit uh, quality at bats together. Miles Straw, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about it. I, I'm not even going to talk about it. We talked about it offline. That's fine. We're not going to put it on the podcast. But man, the lineup is starting to gel, and that's what you want to see. Just like you said, over the next next couple of weeks. The- don't don't fire <clears throat> me up. Don't fire. I I'm not. Try- I'm not. I know. Okay, I'm I not doing anything. Looking. Right. I'm not doing anything. Look, what I was going to say is this. We have seen, if, if we, if we want to dissect the 32 games, I believe, whatever, 30, is it 32 games? 34. 34 games. If we want to dissect that right now, we have a month and a half of pitchers ahead of hitters and pitching keeping us in ball games. And then for the last month and a half, you have pitching kind of getting their little dead arm. We have, we have good starts here and there, but it's kind of been a flip of a coin, but really good offense. So in my mind, okay, I think the next week or so, we're still going to see really good offense. And then that next two weeks, if they can combine, the keep the really good offense going and the pitching rounds back into form, you can look at a month where you're, you're, you're like, oh shit, we only lost like five games this month. Yeah. And, and it's with this team, it's it could be one of those things where they can just get on this cruise control, and as fans, we've been we've been very spoiled because we've seen it time and time again over the last half decade. That you can look up and be like, "Oh shit, we haven't really we've lost three games in the last twenty one days." Like, it, we are. I think we're very close of having that happen with this team. And and when you hit that rhythm offensively, and you really get the lineup pretty much set, and then let's say we get to the end of May and they've only lost a few games you turn around and go into June. That's when your bullpen pieces should be coming up. Yep. That's when your guys should be coming back. You got Paredes, like the guys that we talked about earlier. So if you can get this lineup pretty much gelled together in the month of May, and, and I'm looking down the schedule, you've got May's the Ang- tough. May's, May's tough, tough. It is. That's what I was just going to say. You've got the angels, the Rangers, the A's, the Rangers again. Then you've got a, a quick two-game series against the Dodgers. You've got, war. you've got three games against San Diego. You've got four games against Boston. So that stretch from May 25th to the beginning of June, and luckily it's at home, but that's going to be a tough stretch because Boston's playing good baseball. San Diego is playing good baseball. Uh, fuck the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are the Dodgers. I know, I think they've lost... Uh, they've lost ever, quite a few, right? Ever since Bob Nightingale tweeted about it, they're like three and sixteen. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't matter when when they come into Houston and they see it's like a bull seeing the red cape. They're they're gonna be so fixated on the Astros that they're gonna become in fired up. Yeah, they I'm, could they could lose thirty games in a row and they'll come in like treating it like the World Series. Which yeah, we're they're gonna, gonna de- they're going to we're gonna definitely have to go to that game. Oh well, that's yeah. May, we're, we're May, at both Tuesday Wednesday. Yeah, May twenty fifth. Uh, against the Dodgers, that's a Tuesday. It's it's going to be aired on Fox Sports One Wednesday against the Dodgers. That's a six forty start. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go to that one because that's going to be a wild ass game. That's going to be a playoff atmosphere for sure. And and I think I think at some point here in the next month we might see Minute Maid Park open up to a hundred percent because I know they're talking about getting it to eighty five percent capacity. There was over twenty. They averaged over twenty five thousand fans over the last three games. So I kind of want them to stay cap capacity because 
I've been hand up. This is on me. I've been buying really cheap tickets, like $6 tickets and walking right down and no one stopped me. And I going to hate when they take that away from me. Yeah. I mean, I'll have to pony up. I'm uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I am not a, I am not. Let's see. I am a fan of less capacity because you have a little bit of room when you're sitting, depending on where you're sitting. I like a little like, um, feeling like I'm a little royalty, a little VIP. I like that. I like, yeah. I don't know. That, that may just be me being narcissistic, but I kind of like being wine and dine. But then you also have to remember that when you and I are there, or actually when you were there, you're walking around talking to your people. You're walking around, you know, yeah, saying that's hi, been... shaking hands, giving hugs, taking pictures, signing babies. Yeah, I may announce my, my race to become mayor. At the Astros game. I may do I, that. I would probably vote for you. I mean, I, I hope you would vote for me. Uh, you would think. I would probably be on your staff, or I hope I'd yeah. be on your staff. I mean, the bad boys of... Oh, that'd be... That'd be... Yeah, that's like... We'd probably get arrested. Oh, 100%. We would be, <laughs> you, we would be arrested and canceled real quick. Yeah. Oh, we'll my just stick to bad boys of podcasting for right now. Man, we would. All right, so here we go. Uh, Astros Angels, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What you got? Prediction time. Um, the Astros get their first sweep of the year. Going with the go-to, huh? Yeah. I'm going to go with my go-to as well. They're going to win two out of three. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to win two out of three. I I just, I just feel like why not, why not this matchup? I can't honestly say I cannot. I'm sorry. I just can't honestly say looking down the lineup and looking down at the schedule I can't honestly sit there and be like, ah, you know what? The Astros might go one and three against the Angels. I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. The the only game, the only series upcoming that they could go one and three is against Oakland. At yeah. Oakland. Oakland because Oakland's so damn pesky and they're always at your side like a gnat at a barbecue. That's the only time I could be like, ah, man, they might go one and three. I don't know. But Depending on how they play, I'm gonna go with another series win. Two out of three. Win yeah. series. That's all I give a shit about. Win the series. I I 100 percent agree. I think the way this offense is clicking, it's just it just screams opportunities to win series, and that's all I care about. Because if you're if you're constantly winning series, you're gonna be looking really good come October. So, um, I I'm I th- I think they sweep. And I just win the series. Take two out of three. Continue to play good baseball, put together good at bats, get good quality starts, win the series, move on to the next one. Before we uh, before we get out of here, Des, you got anything else you want to say uh, to your fans? Say what's up or anything. <laughs> we'll have a we'll Dude. have a, an episode upcoming this week uh, where we where we will do our weekly Q and A. We're not going to yes. do that tonight. So yes. uh, you want to say anything to your to your following? Stop. <laughs> um, no, just the tickets. Remember, that's right. Reach out to. BTD at Apollo HOU with code word your dawn and I leave a five star review and you're eligible to get free tickets for this Friday's game. We'll blast it on Twitter as well. But if you're listening now, you're going to get the jump on everyone. So, yep, that's that's to enter into the raffle to get free tickets to the Rangers and Astros game. BTD at Apollo HOU.com code word your dawn BTD at ApolloHOU.com, shoot an email. It takes you three seconds. All you have to do is type in the code word, your Dawn, and you have a chance to win free tickets to that Friday night game against the Arlington Rangers, which I'm sure will also be a packed house. 
because everyone hates the Arlington Rangers, so that'll be a good one to go to. But Des, that's gonna do it, man. This might be one of our best ones yet. We it's were flowing today. The best. We probably were flowing. The, best one yet. the electricity was here, dude. It's just the bad boys of podcasting doing bad boy things. It's bricked, simple as that. Bricked up on a Sunday night, baby. Bricked up on a Sunday night. That is gonna do it for another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast. He is Apollo Des. I am Brian the Lima. Follow us on Twitter at blima790 at Apollo Des one, and of course. On Twitter at Apollo H O U. Like, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv backslash Apollo H O U. And then look us up on YouTube. We're trying to grow our YouTube channel at Apollo H O U. We have a lot of content that's on there. We've got a lot of things in the works. We've got a lot of uh, videos that we're going to produce. You want the best sports contact in the world? Sports content? Gosh, dang it. It's oh, every time we get to the end, I screw up, but it's fine. Just roll with it. That's right. You want the best sports content in the world? Follow us on Twitter at ApolloHOU. Again, thank you for listening. We love you guys. We wouldn't do this without it, without your support. The community, you guys are great. Continue to interact with us. Follow us. Support us. We're not going to forget you. That's going to do it for another edition. Des, one more thing. Anything? Nope. Love you guys. That's it. Thanks for joining. Tune in next week. We'll have another edition on Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network.